Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. What's up, football fans? Welcome in to Football Eve. It is the day before football kickoff, whatever we want to call it. It's a reason to celebrate. We have made it through this COVID-ruined offseason. This is literally my Christmas. Uh, If that explains anything on how I'm doing tonight. Uh, Casey, how are you, dude? Yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, I mean, all these months of wondering if we were going to get football and if, you know, how it was going to go with training camp. It seems like we are on the verge of finally having football back, you know, with the preseason getting canceled and a lot of college football getting canceled or pushed back at least. It's been weird. So I'm just ready to be, I'm just ready for football to be here until February. We do got a pretty busy show tonight. Um, We are going to be breaking down the matchups this week and uh, we're going to be breaking down every player that's fantasy relevant in each of these matchups on what to do with them with your starting rosters. Casey, before we get started, you got anything you want to add in with some player uh, with some news and notes going around the league? Um, a couple of big moves. Uh, Adrian Peterson going from Washington to Detroit, I think, has a ripple effect on like DeAndre Swift's value and carry on Johnson's value. So that had some last minute. It was something that changed things last minute for people drafting this past weekend. The other thing that kind of happened over the course of the weekend was seeing James Robinson essentially become the starting running back for Jacksonville. They brought in Devontae Freeman for a visit, didn't sign him. They put um, Reichwell Armstead on the COVID list. Um, They've got James Robinson listed as a starting running back on the depth chart. So that's pretty fantasy relevant. I just picked him up in like the last round of a league because he wasn't even ranked on, you know, on the website that we use. So I picked him up in a redraft league too, I think yesterday morning. He was just sitting there and I was like, okay, I'll pick him up. I think I had someone who was IR eligible. So I just moved that person to IR. So I didn't have to drop anybody. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But well, dude, we got 10 games. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Thursday night game and the Sunday morning games. We'll talk about the Sunday afternoon, Sunday night and Monday night games. We'll generally record those podcasts on Friday nights and I'll have them ready for you guys by Saturday morning. But tonight we're talking about Thursday night and Saturday, Sunday morning only. So with that being said, let's start off with the Christmas night game, a.k.a. tomorrow night, Thursday night, with the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm starting every player in this game, though. The over-under in this game is 54.5 points. There's going to be a lot of scoring. Deshaun Watson... Locked in top five quarterback this week. All the receivers in Houston, start them all. Brandon Cooks, he's questionable. He's missed a couple games. Keep an eye on the injury report. Log on an hour and a half. I know you guys are football hungry. I know you guys are going to be on your app checking your phones all day tomorrow like the game's going to start early. Check and see Brandon Cooks is going to play or not. I don't think he practiced today, and if he did, I think he was just limited. Um if he suits up, though, you can start him as a wide receiver three. Will Fuller, same thing, locked in. You can even consider him as a wide receiver one this week. I think Kansas City has one of their corners uh, is suspended, and I think they're going to be starting a rookie on the other side. There's a lot of inexperience in this backfield. What do you think of the Texans this week? Yeah, I think that Brandon Cooks is dealing with some kind of injury, so that's the only thing that might be something worth looking into. But, they, I mean, Will Fuller, I'm I'm playing him. Randall Cobb, I'm playing him. If Brandon Cooks sits, you can play Kenny Stills. Um, I'm even a believer in David Johnson to a degree. I do expect him to be super involved in the passing game, even if he, you know, if they're not running the ball a lot. And Deshaun Watson is just a high-end quarterback option week in week out um yeah kansas city's defense is not littered with talent i mean i'm looking at their unofficial starting depth chart right here and you know Traverius ward rashad fenton a fenton um sneed like these you know, antonio hamilton like these are not 
um, high-end options in the secondary. These are just corners I'm listing off. Of. They obviously have Tyron Matthew. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I expect that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be able to take advantage of that. On the other side of things, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, so you kind of know what uh, you're getting from him. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how Clyde Edwards Hilaire comes out. I mean, he's – First round running back, the only one that was drafted in round one this year, and he seems to fit the offense like a glove. So it'll be really fascinating to see that. But Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson could very well end up being involved. And you know, since Clyde is a uh, a rookie, you know, you just don't know exactly what kind of volume he's going to see. Tyree Kills still high end option. Um, Sammy Watkins is someone that I, I don't. I think at this point, if you're relying on him in fantasy on a weekly basis, it's probably not good. He can be someone that fills in. But um, Travis Kelsey, obviously, an elite option. Houston's defense is much better. They've got a healthy J.J. Watt back. Their inside linebackers are some of the best in the league. Bradley Roby at corner. Justin Reed at free safety. But um, it doesn't matter. I think the Chiefs are going to light it up. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is locked in top five. Um, you don't have to question that. Clyde Allaire, he's going to get his or CEH. But this game is going to feature a lot of points and rushing touchdowns, receptions, running the clock out. No matter what the game plan is going to be for the Chiefs, Allaire is going to be part of it. I don't think he's going to be top five. I think he can say top ten because they were talking about using Daryl Williams out of the backfield as well. So. Maybe he kind of feels that Dar- or Damian Williams role that was there. And we really don't know what's going to happen. We didn't really have a preseason to see what's going on. But you can fire up Clyde Lair, Daryl Williams if he plays. He's not even really fantasy relevant at this point. So uh, Tyreek Hill, you're going to start him, but be careful. Uh, last last year in the playoffs, they held Tyreek Hill for th- uh, the three catches for 48 yards. And the Chiefs were scored 51 points that game, and I think at one point they were down by 20. Texans, you said they they have a little bit better of a defense, Casey. I mean, if, if they can game plan for Tyreek Hill again, I'd be a little weary for the Tyreek Hill owners. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about, that boom bust. But the main guy that benefited fitted from all that was Travis Kelsey. He destroyed Houston in the playoffs last year. Start Travis Kelsey, set your lineup, and forget about it. Uh, the next game, though is Sunday morning, and that's going to be the Falcons and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to be in Atlanta. I'm going to be starting Russell Wilson in this matchup. The defense is it, – it's bad. <laughs> it's worse than what def- than what Houston's was last year. Uh, I don't think Wilson's going to need very many pass attempts to make an impact on our fantasy rosters this week. So, I mean, you could start Russell Wilson, but – don't be too surprised if you see the running game just go A-wire in this matchup. I think Seattle is going to get out in front pretty quick, and it's going to turn into a Chris Carson game. You can potentially see Carlos Hyde get involved if it gets too far out there. But uh, just for everyone to kind of keep an eye on someone, just keep an eye on DJ Dallas. Don't go pick him up in free agency, but just if there's a little button you can push on him in your league on how to just track a player or something, just keep an eye on him. Uh, Chris Carson does have a tendency to fumble the ball, and he is prone to be injured. Carlos Hyde isn't somebody to take over the reins of what Chris Carson can. He can't fill those shoes by himself. So if something were to bad happen to Chris Carson, keep an eye on DJ Dallas. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, you can start both of these guys with wide receiver twos with wide receiver one upside in this matchup. What are you thinking about Seattle? Well, I think that... Atlanta's defense has not played well the last couple of years, and I don't expect things to just all of a sudden change. They are getting some guys back that are going to be healthy. And, it'll, you know, they could add Dante Fowler, and perhaps that makes a difference. But the Seahawks, I think, are going to come out ready to roll. They've got Russell Wilson there as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think Chris Carson appears healthy, and Carlos Hyde looks like he's ready to back him up. I like that shout-out to about DJ Dallas. I've got him stashed in a couple of dynasty leagues in the practice squad. I actually expect big things out of Greg Olson this year, which I know is kind of against the norm. So, yeah, I think I think Greg Olson has an opportunity to uh, have a decent game, but these Falcon linebackers 
particularly Deion Jones, someone that I would uh, be concerned about as someone that could, you know, be involved in coverage against him. And he's pretty good. Um, I think that Tyler Lockett will probably have his typical efficient game. Like he has every game of his career practically. And Metcalf, if he gets lined up on, you know, one of these, I mean, they've got Isaiah Oliver, who's a former second round pick and they have a, their rookie AJ Terrell. They also signed Darquez Denard. So they have a couple of guys that can maybe play, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have high hopes for this Falcon secondary. I expect the the Seahawks offense to eat. How are you feeling about uh, the Atlanta offense? This is one where they have a lot more name players. I'm really excited to see how Todd Gurley does. I think he's going to have a big red zone presence in the offense this year. If maybe he doesn't get 20 touches per game like he used to, he'll be efficient enough with, and he'll get enough scoring opportunities to be extremely relevant. Um. And Seattle is kind of always known for having a solid defense. And even though maybe they don't have quite have the star power that they used to, they still did go and add Jamal Adams. They still have Bobby Wagner. Uh, they've got uh, Jerron Reed, Puna Ford, LJ Collier. So they've got some depth along the defensive line. They brought back Bruce Irvin, uh, Shaquille Griffin, solid corner. We'll see what happens with Quentin Dunbar because of his legal situation. But, I mean, they basically have a pretty stout defense all the way through. So if there's any opportunity for the Falcons to have a tougher game, I guess it could be against Seattle. Now, the fact that Atlanta's playing at home and they typically play good at home, then, you know, maybe it favors them a little bit. But I don't think it would be enough to really – I'm probably leaning Seahawks in this game. Uh, their defense kind of stifling the Falcons offense. I mean, Matt Ryan will probably still have a serviceable day. But maybe Todd Gurley, I don't think I don't expect him to have a, a great game that Falcons or excuse me, the Seahawks run defense is pretty stout. Julio maybe pops off for a couple of big catches. Perhaps Calvin Ridley happens to be that guy. I don't know if we'll see Hayden Hurst breakout game at this point or not, but I kind of just for all the Falcons players, probably a little more down on them this week than I'll be most weeks, just based off of the matchup. Yeah. I'm actually in on them. I, Matt Ryan's going to throw for a lot of yards and it's going to be in garbage time. Ty Gurley, there's no competition for touches. You have to start him and expect low end running back one numbers just based off sheer volume and red zone opportunity, like you were saying. Julio Jones, he's matchup proof. You got to start him every week. You're going to start him every week just because of the draft capital and where you had to take him at in the draft. Calvin Ridley, he's going to draw the easier cornerback matchup, which we all know he's going to thrive in. Hayden Hurst, he'll be an easy start this week. I'm starting all pass catchers in Atlanta this week. I'll even start Russell Gage in, in some deeper leagues. Keep an eye out for Russell Gage as well. He's someone that could get you out of a pinch if one of your guys were to get hurt this weekend. So hope it doesn't happen because I might own that guy too. But <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving down to the Cleveland Browns, and they are playing at Baltimore. Casey, you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, um, I think Baltimore is going to be one of the better teams in the league. And I do like the direction that Cleveland's going since the divisional game, too. Uh, I expect it to be a, a better game than people maybe expect. Um, we'll just start with the Ravens since it's easy to start there. Lamar Jackson <laughs> and often the weekend, week out, as long as he's healthy. So we'll see what happens with the running game. I still expect Mark Ingram to be the main guy, at least early on, and they'll probably ease J.K. Dobbins in. I know there was a report that said he's listed as the fourth running back. I'm not really bullet. I'm not really putting a lot of stock into that. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews is someone that I expect. He's, you know, last year dealt with that foot injury pretty much all year, and that's why he didn't play as many snaps. So I expect his number to tick up. Um more than it was last year, which is great considering he's already one of the better tight ends in the league. I really do expect a big game out of Marquise Brown just out of the gate. I just get the sense that they're just going to want to get that connection going early on in the season. They, they drafted him in the first round for a reason, I believe. Wasn't he the first receiver taken in last year? Yeah, he was. I yeah. think he was like 17th overall or something like that. This isn't just some guy. Like He's got a lot of talent, and now that he's fully healthy too, he dealt with his own foot injury. It's going to be really fun to see him fully unleashed. It's basically anyone 
that's everyone I want in the passing game because at the end of the day, this is still a very run-heavy team, and, and their defense is maybe the best in the league. So I do expect Cleveland to have a, a rough – it could be a, a, a slow game for both teams just playing hard-nosed defense, but I do expect the ball to get run quite a bit. Uh, what, what do you think of Baltimore and then uh, head right into – jump into Cleveland? So Lamar Jackson's an every week start. He just kind of falls in line with that Julio trend. You know, he's he's bulletproof. He's matchup proof. Yada yada yada. In story on Lamar Jackson. Any backs behind Mark Ingram remain in question at this point in the season. We, we we really didn't have an off season or even anything really to see how they're using the running backs behind Mark Ingram. But if the game gets out of hand, you can see a combination of all of them. I mean, I think we've seen Justice Hill getting receptions out of the backfield last year in playoffs. So I don't know, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. Right now it's just too unpredictable. But if you're going to start anybody out of this backfield, it has to be Mark Ingram this week. They're going to run the ball at the end of the game. I don't I don't think Cleveland's going to be close in this match. Um, Mark Andrews is a must-start. Hollywood Brown, he's a bet to stretch the field like you were saying. They want to get that connection up and going. And he's added a lot of weight this offseason. I like I've liked what I've read about Hollywood Brown, but that boom bust presence, I've, I've never been a fan of it. But if they get it going, hey, that's cool. But in a run first offense on a guy that's kind of a dice roll, I like him more as a wide receiver three this matchup. Moving over to Cleveland, though, I can't start Baker Mayfield this week, not against this Ravens defense. And that's going to go hand in hand with Odell Beckham Jr. He's a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three this week. I think last year against Baltimore, they just they just locked him down. So yeah, I was calling for an Odell Beckham bounce back year. It doesn't start in week one. Uh, we'll we'll try for week two. If anybody's going to benefit from the receiving game, I think it's going to be Jarvis Landry, and that's just because he's just that s- slot guy. <clears throat> he's almost like an upgraded Jamison Crowder. Bill that are going to benefit your fantasy points from Cleveland is going to come from the running game, and that's going to be Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're going to run the crap out of the ball. I'm thinking 30 times a game. Chubb will see a majority of those, but I do think Hunt could probably get up to 10 carries, but he's going to load up in the receiving game. But this matchup, you're going to start Chubb, but I just kind of temper expectations a little bit, kind of treat him more as a running back two than a running back one. Uh, with Kareem Hunt, I like him as a great flex option in PPR leagues. The tight ends, there's been some noise, and it's all three of them have been making some noise, but for the most part, none of these tight ends are really going to pan out for you. Maybe Austin Hooper, but you guys heard me in the tight end episode. I'm really not an Austin Hooper guy, and even if Stefanski takes the offense there, the target share in Stefanski's offense was split between three different people, and it wasn't a nice split. I do think that the running backs are where the value is going to be at this week because I do think they're going to make a good attempt to run the ball in the good old AFC North in a tough divisional matchup. And I would say I probably like Kareem Hunt a little more than Chubb just because I feel like that Ravens defensive line is going to attack Nick Chubb. And uh, and they use Kareem Hunt a little more as a receiver out of the backfield. And the Ravens have – they're starting a rookie linebacker, you know, and Patrick Queen, their first round pick. I'm sure he's going to be fine, but still, there's there's no doubt that like there's he's a rookie still in his first NFL game that he might have he might have a bit of a learning curve. So I like Kareem Hunt. Uh, I mean, obviously, long term, I like the receivers here, especially in PPR. I like Jarvis Landry. Odell Beckham obviously is super talented. Um, I'm kind of shy away from the tight ends right now because they signed Hooper. They have Njoku listed as a third tight end. It seems that they really like Harrison Bryant. I can kind of even see this scenario where Harrison Bryant starts to get snaps over Hooper for some reason. So I'm kind of like thinking that the tight ends are a position I would avoid for now. But um, And then coming back to Baker, it's just this is probably not the week to play him. This is like he's going to play up against one of the tougher defenses he's played. So probably I'm not even starting Baker in two quarterback leads. Nope. Yeah, it's unless you're desperate and you have to, but I would avoid it if if you could. How do you feel about the next matchup, which is the Jets at the Buffalo Bills, who will be the champions of that division? I think that Buffalo has a good chance to start hot by playing against the Jets. 
because the Jets on paper kind of look like they're not going to be one of the better teams in the league. And the Bills got a lot of shiny toys here. They've got Josh Allen. They've got a couple of running backs with Singletary and Moss. They've just traded for Stephon Diggs. These are their real shiny toys. Still got John Brandon and Cole Beasley. Dawson Knox is a young up-and-comer. Had a really solid rookie year last year at tight end. And their defense is just stacked. I mean, they might have the best corner in the league, a top three corner in the league, and Tredavious White, their first-round pick from a year ago, Ed Oliver. Nate Edmonds, Matt Milano, a couple of strong linebackers. They even brought in Josh Norman. We'll see how he does. Safety's Poyer and Hyde as well. So, you know, going up against the uh, Jets offense, and the Jets have a lot of new guys on the offensive line that they acquired via the draft, via trade, via free agency. Uh, I expect them to kind of have a, a rough transition, and this is going to be one of the better defenses they play even though it's a divisional opponent, I don't. I think the Bills are going to stomp the Jets. Ready to make a statement. They want. They want to show people that they're for real. Like they went. They got to the playoffs last year, and then Josh Allen like fell apart in the middle of the game. I don't think they wanted. They don't want that to happen again this year. So I think that they're they're locked and loaded, and they're going to start hot. Yeah, I'm not a big Josh Allen guy. I just can't get underneath that. I, I owned him last year, and I watched him play. When you say fall apart in the middle of the game. That is 100% true. It happens in a lot of his games. At least in a couple of quarters, they just fall apart. Anyways, it this week, though, his rushing floor, his rocket arm, all the bills and whistles, yeah, he's a safe start this week. I expect the Bills to win this game. They're going to run the clock out to end the game, and I think – you know, just because Allen's late or he's mobile, he can get around in the pocket, do whatever he needs to do. He's going to get you fantasy points that way. Uh, to go along with the rushing game, though, Singletary and Zach Moss, this offense is run first. I'm expecting Singletary to handle everything kind of in between the 20s. Well, Zach Moss kind of handles that Frank Gore role, that receiving work. Singletary seems to be the popular guy to start, but I think both of these guys are flex week op- or flex options more than running back two options. Stephon Diggs and John Brown. Diggs is boom bust, but John Brown, he used to have that boom bust kind of deal, but last year he was actually really, really consistent. But for this matchup overall, though, uh, you can start pretty much all of these guys. Maybe Dawson Knox if you went zero tight end and he's your only option, but you should only use Dawson Knox if the matchup's really good. This could be a matchup where he finds the end zone. It could be like a three for 37 in a touchdown week. Yeah, he's got that He's got that in him to potentially be a low-volume option just because they might want to just try out all their, like I said, all their other guys that they just added with Diggs and with um, with Moss, and they're going to commit to the run game first. So there's times where I could see Dawson Knox being the guy that gets squeezed out in the passing game. But I do expect him to have a, a decent season this year. Um, moving over to the Jets. There's like I like Sam Darnold, but it's hard to really like a, the rest of this roster across the board, uh, at least for his development. Like Le'Veon Bell, I don't know. They didn't really show the propensity to use him like he was used in Pittsburgh, and they've talked him up to maybe get that role. But I mean, they went and signed Frank Gore. They were gonna claim Kalen Ballage until he couldn't pass the physical. It just seems like they're trying to make excuses to play another running back at times. And, uh, you know, I do like Jamison Crowder in the slot from a fantasy perspective, PPR machine, but Rashad Perryman is not the most inspiring outside option. He's got great measurables, but he's on his third team, you know, already. And he was a former first round pick. If he was that good, then, you know, maybe he would have come by now to another team. Maybe it's just been his circumstance, but yeah, I mean, Denzel Mims has barely practiced in camp. I don't even know if he's going to play. Turden is, is someone who has some upside based out of all the, the lack of receiving options for them. And their defense doesn't really have a lot of guys that feel like they're locked in either. So this feels like a game that they're going to just fall behind in fast and they'll be trying to play catch up. But I could also see them like trying to chuck the ball 50 times a game, but Sam Darnold could end up being like, you know, 24 of 51 passes, you know what I mean? And he threw three interceptions. Spill's defense is legit. I would be avoiding most Jets this week. 
Yeah, you don't want to start Levy on Bill. I mean, really, the only person out of this out of this offense you really want to start is Jamison Crowder as low end wide receiver three, high end flex wide receiver four, maybe. Chris Herndon, I would probably start him over Dawson Knox, but you're still not excited about it. Both of these guys are going to catch balls over the middle of the field. Crowder, he just he catches 90 to 100 balls, but he doesn't do anything with them. Chris Herndon, this is year three. He missed all of last year. He had a promising rookie year, so we'll see what we get out of Chris Herndon week one. I, I think he's a good streaming option out of everybody on this team. Other than Bill, I think Chris Herndon probably carries the most fantasy value. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think that, um, I mean, other than Crowder, I know that you said you're not really not a big fan of Crowder. I think that, like, if you need someone that can just soak up targets and maybe he does something with them, maybe he doesn't. I just think that you get the ball into that guy's hands that many times per game, he's bound to do a little something with it if it's score a touchdown or if it's, you know, just go for a lot of yards. So I like him, but even Chris Herndon is a little worrisome coming off of a injury plague season last year. Yeah. Um, moving over to our next game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. Red, what are your thoughts on the Raiders? Josh Jacobs is the start of the week. He's going to outscore all fantasy running backs this week. Oh, you said They're... that with some conviction. You were ready for that question. I was. <laughs> the, the, dude. The Raiders have a top 10 offensive line and they're playing against Carolina. This offense is going to run through Josh Jacobs. If you guys play DFS or anything, I don't do it a lot, but I'm starting Josh Jacobs. If I'm doing a DFS lineup, I'm getting him in all of my lineups. Aside from that, Derek Carr, he's going to benefit from playing against Carolina. I think my, I think my three daughters can go play for Carolina right now on defense. Uh, but for the most part, Derek Carr is going to be like Kirk Cousins in a positive game script. They're going to run the ball out, and Derek Carr is going to be needed very little in this game. That's going to kind of go hand-in-hand hand with Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs. You can probably start these guys as wide receiver fours, hoping they can take advantage of Carolina before the game gets out of hand. But the main guy in the passing game that you're going to want is Darren Waller. And that's just that's just the Zach Ertz effect. He's really the only consistent, reliable fantasy option that Derek Carr has around him. Yeah, the running backs might catch some passes out of the backfield, but it's just too murky back there trying to guess who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, rather than Jacobs or whatever committee they have going on behind there. For the most part, though, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs are the two guys that I'm starting with confidence, probably top three at both of their positions this week. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Josh Jacobs in general. I think he's kind of underrated throughout the fantasy community, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, Panthers defense is full of either guys that are extremely young or guys that are essentially journeymen. Um, they have a couple guys, maybe Shaq Thompson, Kawan Short, Brian Burns was a nice first round pick from a year ago, but even Burns is on the young side and they've got a lot of other guys that they've got to really, they've got some work to do, I guess, you know, so, um, if there's any time that the Raiders could catch on with their young wide receivers and everything, this is probably not a bad time to start. So I'm definitely buying Derek Carr, um, between the rookie receivers that are both a apparently starting, it's kind of hard to say which one I'd rather have. It seems that Brian Edwards got way better reviews out of camp, but Henry Ruggs got some good stuff too. I just heard that, I guess like, I just heard more about Brian Edwards than I expected. Not that like uh, he was necessarily better than Ruggs. Um, I think so. And Renfro's still there too. And who knows what will happen with Nelson Aguilar, but Darren Waller is obviously going to eat. Like he basically did, he ate all last year. Didn't really matter what the matchup was, and Derek Carr loves throwing to him. So I'm definitely buying Carr, Jacobs, and Waller this week. If I had a bet on a receiver, I'd bet on Rugs, just because he's the, you know, the high draft pick that they want to see what they've got out of him, and they could probably take advantage of this young defense by uh, taking some deep shots. 
yeah, this will be a good week for for Raiders offensive players. What are you thinking about Carolina? Really, the only people I want to start is CMC and DJ Moore. Um, put put Christian McCaffrey in your lineup, and we'll talk about it next Sunday. DJ Moore, he's going to benefit from a surplus of targets. This team's going to get behind fast. I wouldn't say fast. We are talking about the Raiders. But fast for the Raiders, I guess you should say. So maybe third, late third quarter is going to be DJ Moore time. Behind that, Samuel, Anderson, none of these guys really showed out during camp. I know Ian Thomas has some upside. We talked him up in the tight end episode, but he's been nursing an injury late last week. And honestly, I'm not really comfortable starting him. Even if I see him produce, I'm not comfortable starting him. But the upside is there. Do keep an eye on Ian Thomas. That's not a knock on him. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Just you're not comfortable. I'm not comfortable starting him this week. Teddy Bridgewater, he's a question mark for me. You can start him as a quarterback, too, if you play in two quarterback leagues, but in single quarterback leagues, I'm not touching it. I mean, even if he has the pass to play catch-up, he's he's not really a deep threat guy. He doesn't really run the ball as much. He's just a short area marksman. And that to me, that just makes him a quarterback, too, especially with the limited passing options around him. I'm not sure what to think of the Raiders' defense just yet because they do have a lot of pieces on paper. I love that they signed Corey Littleton. Um, they signed Nick Quick, Quickowski. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right to play middle linebacker, but regardless, they upgraded at a linebacker. And you know some of those young guys they took on the defensive line last year with Cleland Farrell and Max Crosby. They're another year older. Um, we'll see how Damon Arnett, their first round corner, shakes out. You know, but they've got Jonathan Abrams coming back from injury, Lamarcus Joyner, uh, Trayvon Mullins in his second season. So I, there's a lot of talent here. I'm just not sure if it's like I, I need to see it to believe it with their defense. So like in regards to Carolina's offense, I could see them having a good day. Like obviously CMC's a weekly play. You never bench him. Um, I could definitely see Bridgewater having a nice game just if the – Raiders defense doesn't really live up to its talent, which there's still some young guys here. So it might take a little time for them to gel first month or two of the season. But um, I feel like Robbie Anderson is a name that's real easy to just kind of go under the radar. And he's someone that I've got my eye on. I don't know if he's going to be a high target guy, but I do expect him to get some good chances. DJ Moore is the one that gets a lot of volume. And, and so he'll be a little more safe, but got my eye on Anderson. I'm pretty much staying clear of the tight ends right now with Ian Thomas's injury and everything. He's not even like the high end starter as it is. So we got some question marks. I kind of, I'm kind of lukewarm on the Panthers offense this week. It's okay, but there's probably some higher upside guys. Most definitely. Ian Thomas kind of falls in that tight end 16 range. Just, Really not excited about starting them, but moving on down, though, to the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Casey, how are you feeling about your man, Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, nah. I, I know that's a joke because I would say Nick Foles was winning the job, and I still ultimately think he'll end up with it at some point, but I think it was easier for them to go into the season. They got to see if they can get any return on their investment, that number two overall pick they made in Trubisky. They traded up to get him, mind you. So they really got to see that investment all the way through. It's easier for them to start the season with Trubisky and bench him later versus the other way around. So I get it. I don't expect it to go well. Maybe he has a nice game or two, but he's known for being streaky. And he, it's only a matter of time before he loses his job as far as I'm concerned. Um, but they are playing the Lions this week, and you know the Lions made some effort to upgrade upgrade across the board on uh, on defense. You know they they went and uh, signed Jamie Collins. You know to play linebacker for them that was a big one. Um, even just having Trey Flowers there for a second year, you know um, they still have. You know, they added a Desmond Trufant at corner after they got rid of Darius Slay. So it's not like the worst. I mean, obviously getting rid of Slay was a downgrade, but it's not like they got some chump. So I just think that like it's still all the way through. 
I just have concerns about the defense as a whole. So I can absolutely see the Bears kind of having a decent week this this game, you know. And and they have their own injury concerns, I guess, at running back with Montgomery. And I guess he's looked pretty good. You know, Tariq Cohen was even mentioning how he bounced back like nothing even happened. And Allen Robinson's still a beast. That's where I don't really see a, a corner on this team that can keep up with Allen Robinson consistently. So I could definitely see the Bears leaning on him heavily. Robinson's a strong play this week, in my opinion. <laughs> Your boy Jimmy Graham right here, <laughs> he is probably not a high upside guy to play week to week, but I could see him having a red zone touchdown if they get you know, closer to uh, – if they can capitalize on like a turnover or something near the red zone. Maybe Jimmy Graham ends up three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. But um, everyone else, though, definitely not not real high on Ted Ginn. Anthony Miller maybe gets some volume, but I don't. I can't get on the Anthony Miller train for whatever reason. Like it's like you just need to think there, that but... he's Jamison Crowder, but better. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm not quite on board with that yet. You know, why don't you try to talk me into it? <laughs> Honestly, my mindset with Anthony Miller is literally what I just said. He's going to be just like the new Jarvis Landry, the Christian Kirk, the slot guy. Lockett won't be as good as Tyler Lockett, but just that kind of role. And he happens to be on the Bears. He was a target. He was a target hog down the stretch last year, too. I mean, Allen Robinson was able to keep fantasy value and Anthony Miller held fantasy value during that stretch, too while Trubisky was not good at football during that stretch. Going into this game, taking all the information into this game against Detroit, Detroit lost their top corner, uh, Darius Slay. To, in free, it was in the free agency, right? He went to the Eagles. Well, they was traded him. Agency or trade? That's what I was going to ask. Was it free agency or trade? Thank you. But in this game, defense is, again, I think my kids can start on it. <laughs> I think Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, you can both start this week. Anthony Miller is more of a flex play, a wide receiver four. Allen Robinson, you can fire up as a low-end wide receiver one. It's um, Yeah, the running backs, though, I just kind of expect a committee. Neither of those guys that are going to be carrying the ball in between the tackles will be fantasy relevant for your roster at all. Uh, we can go ahead and start talking about the Lions. Effort is to start. Uh, the, like I said, the defense is, is worse than what it was last year. And if Trubisky has some light in him and can score some points, this is where the 5,000-yard season begins for Stafford. Uh, the running backs, Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson. Out of the trio, I actually expect Carrion Johnson to benefit the most this week, just due to familiarity in the offense. AP, he could see some work, but I think he'll be more of an asset later in the season versus now and that goes hand in hand with deandre swift i think carry on johnson eventually gets traded he's in the contract year next year and i can just see them sending him off to a team like jacksonville who's still having running back issues the receivers kenny galladay marvin jones tj hawkinson kenny galladay as long as stafford's slinging it galladay is going to be an every week starter keep him locked in in this matchup marvin jones same rules apply TJ Hawkinson, you got to kind of temper expectations. He's a year two tight end. Um, and he really didn't play a lot last year. But the reports are that he's been a red zone monster in camp. But I just need to see it to believe it. Keep him on your bench this week until you see it. I am a big fan of Matthew Stafford this year. So I'm definitely on that train. The 5,000 yard train, right? I think he's going to push for it. No, and you need to say I'm on the 5,000 yard train. I am on. not going to say I'm completely on, but I think oh, he come gets on. close. <laughs> um, I think the Bears, defense, the Bears defense has some talent here, uh, you know, with Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, Raquan Smith. Uh, even Robert Quinn's been kind of had a nice, you know, late career resurgence. Eddie Jackson's one of the best safeties in the game. Kyle Fuller's been okay. Um so I do think that, you know, the Lions could run into some trouble here. The fact that it's a divisional game always makes it interesting. 
But at the end of the day, I think Stafford's talent is going to outweigh that. I could still see him having like a 250-yard game, 300-yard game, a couple touchdowns. Um, I don't think he's the strongest play this week, but he's going to have a fine game. The running backs, you know, I can't help but just believe that it's going to be like Adrian Peterson getting like 20 carries for 150 yards and two touchdowns in week one. Wouldn't that be the most Adrian Peterson thing to go switch a team and then go do that right away? I think, didn't yeah, it, well, is that what he did with the Cardinals when he got traded there a couple years ago from New Orleans? So, I believe so. Yeah, I just can't help but feel like that's, it's the kind of style of offense that Detroit wants to play is that smash mouth downhill run game. And with Swift a little banged up and carry out a little banged up, Adrian Peterson is healthy as an ox and is probably ready to roll. So uh, he's someone that I'm actually interested in playing this week. Might be funner to play him in DFS than in your actual lineup unless you're willing to roll the dice. Um, Galladay is a wide receiver one, locked in, locked out every week. Is that a phrase, locked in, locked out? Um, He's locked in every week. But he could have some low-end wide receiver one numbers instead of some high-end wide receiver one numbers. It probably won't be his best game. Um, Marvin Jones probably just be the same old consistent, just, you know, five catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Um, Hawkinson is someone that after being injured most of last year, he was a rookie last year playing a position that's a little hard to come from. They also signed Jesse James. who has got competition for snaps. Um, I do expect him to say, take this big tangible step forward. And this might be the guy that's like the secret weapon to really defeating the bears on offense, uh, is, is to use a mismatch guy like Hawkinson instead of some, you know, super athletic guy out of the backfield or as a, a wide receiver. Yeah. See, wrapping that up, uh, let's move on down to Indianapolis and Jacksonville, and we're kind of cutting short on times here. So, um, how are you feeling about this matchup? Or I don't know where I'm at with Indianapolis and Philip Rivers. I think Indianapolis is going to be running the ball a lot in this game. What are you thinking about the Indianapolis offense? I'm in on it. I got no problem with Philip Rivers. I think he's a veteran going to come in, and it's not like he has to learn some new offense. I mean, he what's there to really learn for him at this point? He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing, and he's played in this offense before with the same coaching staff, and they're going to highlight his strengths. That's why, that's why they brought him in is, is to make all of this easy, and they want to go try to get a Super Bowl right now. So I'm expecting the Colts to come out firing, and after the Jaguars traded all of their talent away, um, I expect the Colts to have a big game. They're going to run the ball down Jacksonville's throat yep. and they will probably not have some high volume passing day. Cause they won't need to between Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor and sprinkling in Neheim Hines. I'm sure they're going to have plenty of, um, volume in the run game for those guys to eat. So yeah, I'm definitely playing. It's hard to know who's going to take off. If it's going to be Mack or Taylor, maybe they just both kind of even anything even each other out. Neheim Hines is one of my favorite sleeper guys this year. I did think he's got some Austin Eckler in him. He's a talented guy. I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to take over week one. I know everyone wants to see it. He's got more talent, but Marlon Mack was also good last year too. So there's no reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm a little scared to play either one of them until we really see how that backfield shakes out. Uh, Hilton is the clear number one. I kind of look at him almost the, like the way I look at Keenan Allen back when Rivers was there with the Chargers. I think he's going to lean on him that way. I've got Michael Pittman Jr. too, who of all the rookie wide receivers who I think are going to be off to a strong start to their career, he's probably at the top of the list or, or near it. And Paris Campbell, I want to see him. I want. I just expect the, the offense to be run heavy in general. So at some point someone's going to get squeezed out from week in, week out, uh, fantasy value. And I get the sense that that might be Paris Campbell. Um, and, and I guess to wrap it up with their tight ends, I'm not really inspired by their tight ends very much. I just think that they're going to cancel each other out all the time between Jack Doyle. Um, Mo Alley Cox is the second tight end right now, but eventually we'll have uh, Trey Burton come back. And, yeah, I'm just not real high on the Colts tight ends this year. Yeah, really the only two guys I'm starting out of this game is or out of out of Indianapolis is Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. And it's just I'm starting both of those guys as flex guys and and that's it. If you got these guys as a running back too, yeah, you're probably you need to be looking at some other options. But for the most part, 
they're going to run the ball against this weak Jacksonville defense. I mean, we could be seeing 30 to 35 carries split between the two guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that's crazy to consider at all. I think that for Jacksonville, they are going to have to throw the ball, which is kind of what their team is built to do. Like they've got good athletic receivers. They actually have a handful of, of very talented receivers, Chark, Conley, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook. I'm really excited to see how LaVisca Chenault shakes out. Even Colin Johnson, I think he might be on their practice squad, maybe not, but he's someone that's got some long-term upside. But, yeah, between all of their receivers, they could easily go four wide, three wide pretty regularly. The running game, James Robinson is – for you can get him for free in, in fantasy leagues right now, but I think Chris Thompson's a guy that has the most value because of his upside as a receiver – Kind of steering clear the tight end. Tyler Eifert's never stayed healthy, and I think that they were probably going to want to use the receivers a little bit more. I'm a big believer in Gardner Minshew, and I know that he's – or they're about to play the Colts, who have a very solid defense. They just traded for DeVorest Buckner. They still have Justin Houston. Darius Leonard's one of the best linebackers in the game. But I still have concerns that uh, – or I don't have as many concerns for – Gardner Minshew as I would some other quarterbacks. I'm I'm I, I'm on the Minshew train. Like I believe he is a legit starting quarterback, and he's not the highest upside play this week, but he's someone I would want to own for this year long term. Yeah, this week I think he's going to be a high end quarterback two, low end quarterback one streaming option. Uh, he's underrated as a runner, and this week's matchup is going to be a blowout too. After this game gets out of hand, dude, it's time for Minshew mania all day. Uh, you pretty much crush the receivers and stuff, but the running game, James, James Robinson's going to be a thing for two and a half quarters, and then it's going to be Chris Thompson catching the ball out of the backfield for two yards. And so on and so forth until this 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 game is over. Um, if I'm starting any of the running backs, it's Chris Thompson. James Robinson's not going to get near the goal line. I think Leonard Fournette only had three touchdowns last year. So I'm not really banking on a lot of scoring from Jacksonville. If you have to start Chris Thompson, it, it, he, he's in your flex at best. Yeah, he's definitely someone that is probably someone that um, he's like the first guy that you throw into your flex when you're kind of desperate. Like you can get something out of him, but you should not be expecting some 100-yard rushing receiving game or anything. Oh, oh no! And uh, Gruden always uses two two running backs. Even back in when the team was called the Redskins, now the Washington Football Team, obviously. But even then, he used one run running back in between the tackles, aka, AKA Alfred, I think it was Alfred Morris at the time. And yeah. who's the other guy there? I think it was Kelly. Uh, Rob Kelly. How they did use him for Rob a little Kelly. Bit. Yep. But it was always Chris Thompson that was in the receiving in the receiving game. Yeah. It's going to be a roll cut out for him there. Uh, let, let's move on down, though, to Green Bay and Minnesota, and I'll lead off with Green Bay. Uh, they are playing in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota defense isn't quite what it used to be, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a lock, lock to start this week, even in one quarterback leagues. Uh, Ross Tucker, I don't know if you guys listen to uh, Ross Tucker. He has his own podcast and all that stuff. But anyways, uh, he's a former offensive lineman, and he ranks – all 32 teams' offensive lines, and I listened to that episode today, and the Green Bay Packers' offensive line ranked third. I didn't know that. So, dude's going to benefit. He's going to benefit from Aaron Jones running the crap out of the ball. It's going to open things up for Devontae Adams to be his best version of Michael Thomas this year. The receiver group after that I'm not really excited about. Alan, Alan Lazard's coming in as a wide or a year-two wide receiver. After that, Maybe there's some rumblings about Marquez Valdez Scant, or there's been rumblings about Marquez Valdez Scantling. But I mean, this after Adams, it's really, really murky, and I, I really don't want to mess with anything in Green Bay unless it's Adams or Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers, Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon. Don't talk to me about them. I, I those guys, they're not going to affect Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones plays two straight regular bell cow down. But and then they give him a series off and they use Jamal Williams 
And now they'll probably sprinkle in some AJ Dillon. They're running between the tackles. I'm just convinced that they're not in on Jamal Williams anymore. They're talking about signing. I think they're close to an extension with Aaron Jones too. I think Aaron Jones, I don't think he's going to repeat the 19 touchdowns, but I think he could repeat top five running back. Yeah, I think that um, that was a a good observation of of catching that Aaron Jones bit about them maybe getting an extension. They've kind of talked about it the last few months, but they talked about it again, I think, today. Well, they've been real close, air quote, unquote, apparently, according to the beat writers. Yeah, and and obviously with Jones in a contract year and Jamal Williams in a contract year, like Jones has clearly been the better player, so it makes more sense for A.J. Dillon to take over Williams' role versus – you know, Jones's role. So Jones has always been one of the most efficient running backs in the league since he's got chances to, you know, really lead that team in carries. So I'm pretty much in on him just about every week, although because he relies on efficiency so much, it is, it is worrisome um, to a degree that when he doesn't hit his efficiency, then he doesn't have enough volume to kind of make up for it. Um, he's the only running back I'm, I'm playing this week. The other guys are just, you know, handcuff options. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still a legit starting quarterback and they have a tough matchup, but I feel like that's where these veteran quarterbacks shine is situations like this. And the Vikings, I feel like they've been looking for a long time to try to find their corners and they just can't keep going through this rotating of keep drafting guys in the first round, second round, third round and trying it out. So Aaron Rodgers being a veteran and being familiar with that division, that team, he's someone that could certainly He's going to put them in a position to win, but from a fantasy perspective, probably not going to be one of his better matchups throughout the year. Um, it doesn't help that they're also playing in Minnesota. Uh, but Devontae Adams is going to be the guy to lean on, obviously, for from a receiver's perspective. We'll see what happens at tight end. I would really wanted Jay Sternberger to work out, but I think because he got off to a slow start in camping on the COVID list, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Um Roger spoke very highly about Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Alan Lazard's had some good games. I'm probably avoiding all those guys, just waiting until we see who's really getting on the field regularly. Um, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Minnesota? I'm not in on Kirk Cousins. It's a low volume passing offense. It's hard to trust them. Even one quarterback league, even in two quarterback leagues, I'm not comfortable with them. I got Kirk Cousins as my third quarterback in a super flex league, and he's happily on my bench right now. Dalvin Cook, he's going to be the focal point of this game. Uh, Top five back against Green Bay. Really not much else to say about Dalvin Cook. He's going to get his. He's the bell cow back there. Even if Alexander Madison gets in there and gets some time, it's it's Dalvin Cook's game. Adam Thielen's really the only fantasy reliable option for Kirk Cousins. So – until we see something else with these other receivers, Thielen's just going to absorb these targets. I mean, I think you said it in one episode that if anybody can do a Michael Thomas, it could be Adam Thielen. Was that you that said that, or am I thinking of another podcast? I'm not sure, but I kind of agree with that. At least if I did say it, I would say that I'll own it. And I think it's because that they are going to clearly lean on him more than anybody else in that passing game. I yeah. feel like after him, it's the tight ends maybe, but Justin, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Oh, the PC yeah. Johnson. Come on. They're starting him because they can, they obviously have no one else better. I dropped Ola BC Johnson for crying out. Or they call him BC though. BC Johnson. Yeah. Either one. But um, he's not, he's not going to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I think that Cousins, you know, he's going to have a tough matchup, too, against his Green Bay defense. It's littered with playmakers, Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Jer Alexander, uh, Darnell Savage, Kevin King. Like, they they have a lot of guys on this defense that are solid. So um, I don't expect them to be a – you know, this isn't the best matchup for Minnesota either – Kirk Cousins knows how to keep the ship afloat, so he'll probably have a, a typical Kirk Cousins like QB two week. Uh, they're obviously going to try to get Dalvin Cook focused or involved, you know, more than anybody else on that offense. And when they do throw the ball, it's going through Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, and Irv Smith. And I feel like it'll be more Irv Smith than Rudolph. They're going to use Rudolph more as a blocker. So not a lot of options to really rely on. And um, and 
in the receiving game on Minnesota this week. I'm not buying Justin Jefferson. I just get the sense they're going to slow play their rookie, and B.C. Johnson is not a high upside guy. Sounds of Miami and New England. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and start? What do you what do you think on, uh, about Miami this week? I mean, Fitzpatrick, he's going to put up wide receiver two numbers or quarterback two numbers, but no one's really excited to start Fitz. I mean, if you're streaming that quarterback spot, I don't think this is the matchup for it. Devontae Parker is going to get shattered by Stephon Gilmore. The wide receiver at the start is Preston Williams. This like Preston Williams a lot. I drafted him in three of three leagues uh, this past weekend, and I think I own him in two dynasty leagues. He's going to draw the easier cornerback matchup, and I don't think that really matters. Even if he gets the Stephon Gilmore treatment, Preston Williams is punking Byron Jones in practice. Uh, Devontae Parker, just be careful with him. He did get the best of Stephon here, but Stephon Gilmore is still a lockdown cornerback. Uh, to me, the wide receiver that starts Preston Williams. Mike Gusecki playing tight end. Yeah, there's reports about him playing in the slot. Playing in the slot, but yeah, Tampa. Yeah, I know Fitz used the tight end in Tampa Bay, but. Gasecki is more of a low-end streaming option than anything right at this point in the season. Uh, really, the only two, three guys that I'm comfortable starting is Matt Breida, Devontae Parker, and Preston Williams. Jordan Howard's going to get this workload, but it's going to be more of that 20 carries for 80 yards, and that's what you're going to be left with, those wonderful eight points, while Matt Breida sees some in the receiving game. Yeah, I think that this is one of the more exciting times to be excited about Miami's offense, but maybe not this week because they Preston Williams are still playing the Patriots. Sorry. Yeah, no, and, and uh, Belichick has a, a knack for locking down the offense's number one target, and I get the sense that they're going to lock down Parker, which will probably free Preston Williams up to have some, you know, a big game potentially. You know, between the running backs, I just I don't know. I'm not inspired. I do like Jordan Howard and Matt Breida as a combination throughout the season, but this matchup, if I would rather have Breida than Jordan, um, Fitzpatrick, uh, this probably isn't the week to play him, although I like him season long as well. I would agree that Preston Williams is probably one of the best, probably the best player on this Dolphins offense. And it's just DFS him, DFS him with, uh, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, on the Patriots side, I'm super excited to see how Cam Newton shakes out. And even though the Dolphins defense has you know, stepped up quite a bit with some of these acquisitions they've made, they uh, signed a lot of big names or just guys that are good to fill in on this on this team. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see how it happens. But I think they need a little more time to gel together as well. So I think that Cam Newton being a veteran quarterback, he's ready to prove something. I'm really excited to see how that shakes out. The running backs is just they're all going to cancel each other out. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? James White's the only one that has a locked-in role. I expect him to catch plenty of passes. Um, the the receivers for the team, Edelman is probably the only one that you can rely on. We don't even know who the other starting receiver is. I mean, I think in Kill Harry's listed there, but it could be Demir Bird. It could be Gunnar Olszewski, like, we we don't even know who their tight end is. Like they are just like one of the biggest unknown offenses, other than Cam Newton, James White, and Julian Edelman, and even those guys all have question marks because Cam's new on this team, and we don't know how he's going to affect the receivers here. I'd bank on it this week. I don't think they're going to have all have crazy weeks this week, but I think you're going to see them cash it. James White could be a low end RB two. Cam Newton could be a you know, low in QB one elements like a receiver, wide receiver two, something like that. Yeah, really, the only guys I'm excited for out of this, off of this team is Cam Newton and James White. Really, Julian Edelman, he's pretty much Jamison Crowder at this point in his career. So we all know how I feel about that. I mean, I do like the consistency. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but it's, I don't know. I'm just not too excited about New England Patriots at this point. I mean, I I think they're just too spread out. There's really no focal point of the offense. It's just get it to the guy that's open. And if anyone's going to benefit, it's Cam Newton. 
I'm not really excited about anybody else in this matchup. I mean, even in a plus matchup, and we know the Dolphins' defense still isn't great. They're still in a rebuild mode, but if you're asking me who to start off this team, it's it, it's Cam Newton and then James White maybe, but still I think the passing game is going to be limited. So how how much usage is James White really going to have at the end of the game? Same goes with Edelman. True, you know, it's and the, the Patriots are one of the bigger unknowns this year. I do think that I, I believe in the coaching staff and just I believe in Cam Newton. I, I think they'll figure it out, but there's no doubt that there's a way that this doesn't end well for everybody. That makes sense for our last matchup, though, right? We've got, Phil yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Like, I was scrolling down and my computer wasn't scrolling. I was like, oh, we're at the bottom. We've got Philadelphia, wow. the Washington football team. Um, Red, why don't you talk to us about the Washington football team first? Dang, I was hoping you're gonna say the Eagles because they're more exciting, but we will start with the Washington. I kind of wanted to end with the Eagles because they're more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah, well, Dwayne Haskins, we're gonna start with the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. He'll, he'll, the volume's gonna be there, they're gonna be playing a lot of catch up in this game. The efficiency is what questions me. He looked good down the stretch, and but I'm not. I'm still not starting Haskins. Not even in two quarterbacks. Not 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 in this one. Uh, the Eagles we just mentioned they had traded for Darius Slay, and when he's on the field, he's one of the better corners in the NFL. Now the backfield is Antonio Gibson, Bryce Love, and JD McKissick. JD McKissick has been listed as a starter. Bryce Love is looked okay in camp and Gibson has the most hype in camp. What the football team wants to do with that. I have no idea, but I'm going to go with the guy that has the most hype in camp. And that's Antonio Gibson. Even when they cut Peterson, that's all they talked about was they want one guy to run in between the tackles or they want one guy in this backfield. That's what they're saying. If that's true, Antonio Gibson's the guy. That's the only guy that I'm starting with confidence out of this backfield. He is a low-end flex play at best. I don't know how many touches he's going to get. He only he was limited in touches in college. Uh, low-end flex at best until we see how this backfield plays out. Terry McLaren, he's playing against Darius Slay. Him, but don't rely on him to win you your week. How you feeling about the Redskins? Or the football team, Washington, Washington football team. Uh, I am not really on the Haskins train this year. I just think he came out as a, he came out as a redshirt sophomore with one year of starting experience, and that scares me. So, and the fact that he went in the mid first round, and it just seems like this team is going through a bunch of organizational changes, and I kind of see them already having one foot out the door with Haskins while they look forward to the future. Maybe not. They obviously are going to let him go out there and see if he can get it done. And we'll see what happens. I'm not sure if I, I don't think it's going to work out long-term this week. I don't think it's going to go well because that Eagles pass rush with Brandon Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett. I'm not sure if Javon Hargrave is healthy enough to be playing yet, but I feel like he's going to get eaten alive and it's not going to end well. For, for Haskins this week. Between all the running backs, they all cancel each other out. Gibson clearly has the highest upside. McKissick played a big receiving role in the past, but I'm not convinced that he's going to be such a better receiver than Gibson that they're going to use him over him for very long, like maybe for a little bit. Um, Terry McLaurin is like the clear number one receiver there. At least it appears to be. Steven Sims has kind of somehow flown under the radar all offseason, but he's a starter there too that had a nice run to the end of last year. So I like that. Uh, Logan Thomas has gotten some real hype this year too. So um, this week I'm probably steering clear on just about everyone other than McLaurin because I do expect him to have some, some uh, you know, someone's going to have a big game out of this crowd. It's probably going to be him. But if you're looking for a sleeper, maybe Logan Thomas. But besides that, I'm kind of letting everyone else let, let this team be their problem. 
And how do you feel about the, I guess, our closer here, the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I think that Washington is a team that is in transition on offense, but defensively, they still have a lot of pieces. They obviously just drafted Chase Young, which I feel like everyone keeps forgetting to mention him. You know, it's so easy to talk about some of these offensive rookies that Chase Young is like a transcendent talent. So um, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, they still have Ryan Kerrigan. You know, like this is a really stacked team, or a stacked defensive line. They've got some other guys too. They've got Landon Collins, Kendall Fuller, uh, Ronald Darby, who maybe a little bit, a little banged up the last year or two, but still, like they've got enough talent to get the job done. So I don't expect Carson Wentz's job to be super easy this week. And they're really banged up at wide receiver. And Jalen Rager's probably out this week. Alshon Jeffrey's going to be out for probably a few more weeks. So they're leaning on Deshaun Jackson, Ortega Whiteside. Their tight ends, which they already do a lot anyway. And Miles Sanders a little banged up this week too. So that's that's concerning. Um, I would say that I do expect one of these receivers to have a big game. I would expect it's going to be Deshaun Jackson. He's healthy. Do it early in the season. Have your big flashy game. You know, maybe Greg Ward gets a couple passes, but I'm not counting on it. I'm thinking it's going to be the Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz show. Um, Dallas Goddard maybe is the next best option. Uh, Wentz probably a very good road QB one. Sanders scares me, man. I get the sense they're gonna, yeah, not use him so much this week to keep him fresh for the long run. So he's someone I'm. It's hard to bench him because if you've got him on your team, but I I'd be yeah. if I was if I was a Sanders owner. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they give him 12 to 14 touches at the most, not no 16 to 20 like I was thinking. Um, they could be using some Boston Scott, but they still haven't signed a veteran, man. Like, what are we doing here? I, I almost want them to sign a veteran, so I know they're going to take care of him and limit his role. I own him in a dynasty league. Like, come on, take care of your guy here, you know. But I do agree with you on the Deshaun Jackson side, though, Casey. The secondary for the Washington football team shouldn't be on the football team. Uh, and Jackson thrives in revenge games. He tore up Washington last year, and there's good reports coming out of camp. So if you drafted Deshaun Jackson late, start him as a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside. Uh, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, yeah, they'll benefit from everybody else being banged up. <sighs> We're going to say that a lot with Philadelphia this year. <laughs> They're old. They are, their receivers are always hurt. Anyways, well, that's going to wrap it up for us, Casey. Okay, well, next time we go over this, we'll be doing the afternoon games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. So we still have, I think, six more games to talk about. We went over 10 tonight, which is quite a bit. Um, we want to thank our sponsors, Deruder Farms and Agland Protective Services. Appreciate you both. Um, other than that, like, I think we're just ready for some Thursday night football, man. Like, we've, we're less than 24 hours away from a football game. It's it's finally here. We've all this waiting, all this talking, the dynasty leagues we've drafted in, and all this finally all building up to this moment starting tomorrow. Um, we will see you guys next time. Peace out.